What up? Let's get weird. Welcome to the Fantasy Guru Elite Podcast. This is the week six edition. This is the free edition. Before we get started, I have to let you guys know, I'm your host, Tommy G. Find me on Twitter, at Tommy G. And before every podcast, I feel the need to say this, this podcast is uncensored. If you are near children or anyone with morals, get away from them, hit mute, do not listen. In about 30 seconds, I'll be teeing off talking about some crazy stuff. So we will have a censored version of this. You know you're doing podcasts, right, when you get emails complaining that you need to put a censored version out. So we will have a censored version of this that'll probably launch about two hours after this one hits. So this one is free. Uh, we're going to go to the in-depth deep dive on the Sunday games on the Saturday podcast. But I want to introduce my co-hosts for today. Uh, the first one is not very important. We have my boy, partner, guru, monster, Jeff Collins. You can find him on Twitter, at Jeff K. Collins. What up, Jay Fry? What is up, Donkey G? How you doing, man? Not much, homie. And let's get off you real quick because you're not important. Get to our special guest of the evening, the man, the myth, the legend. He's on fucking basically every podcast and site and everything you could find. Senior football editor at Roto World, Evan Silva. What's up, Silva? What's up, guys? Th thanks so much for having me on. I had the pleasure of meeting both of you dudes uh, in, in New York. And uh, to Tommy had a, a little baby on his arm, and I'm not, I'm not talking about an infant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, Tommy. I, and uh, I, got, I got a chance to, to hang with, with Jeff for a while and, and meet him, and that was, that was really cool. Yeah, what did you say, Silva, when you saw me? I was running around like a lunatic, and we didn't even really get a chance to talk or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's pretty normal. So, Silva, we have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, Jeff noticed something in the pre-show, right, Jeff? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which may be the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> we want to know if it's real. So we went to your Twitter. Um, by the way, all three of us, none of us have underscores in our Twitter. So, Twitter, so that is definitely a good sign. But you actually have one like on your whole history on I'm Twitter. Sure. It, yeah, it must have been by accident. And it's, the, and it's, <laughs> and it's in, from July 29th. It's the Jaguars Day 2 Training Camp Report. Can you please allow me <laughs> What made Ryan O'Hallahan's article so important to you? I, that, that was done by accident. I just unliked it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna yeah, I was just going to read my favorite it so that everyone can find it. And we'll post a link to that with the pod. But yeah, Jeff actually noticed that. I'm like, what the fuck? That is weird. Yeah, that was, that was very funny. <laughs> so, so before we get to the information and everything, let me spend 30 seconds here. Just basically talking. First of all, I want to thank all you guys. Uh, as you guys know, we started this company about five weeks ago. We're up to almost 5,000 subscribers already. Um, just can't even fucking tell you how, how amazing that makes us feel. This is scary whenever you start your own company and you guys came out in droves. And, you know, we're going to do you proud and, and keep doing what we do. We're going to add a bunch more people too, which we'll be announcing shortly. Uh, as you guys know, this podcast is free. The next one on Saturdays behind the paywall. That's where we're going to go into the deep dives on all this, the Sunday games. This one will probably touch on a Thursday contest, a lot of game theory, answer your Twitter questions. Uh, a couple big announcements. New show on Sirius XM. As you guys know, I was on Sirius for two years. Uh, we're back on now. Sirius 210 XM 87. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern. And I'll be on with the guru, John Hansen, every, every, not every morning, Tuesday and Thursday mornings at 8.30 a.m., so 2 to 3 Eastern on Sirius, Sirius 210, XM87. NFL packages, if you guys sign up for any of the NFL packages, all sports are still free through the end of October, so don't waste any time. Every day you waste is another day you're not getting that information. Optimizers have been absolutely destroying. We have a lot of questions on that. Not going to hit on that right now, 
Uh, we'll touch on it maybe later in the show and definitely hit on it on the Saturday podcast. And Jeff, anything quick on NBA before we start talking about last weekend? Yeah, so just real quick, we do have preseason articles that Benny's doing regularly every week. So keep an eye out for those. And once NBA season gets launched, we are going to have some strategy articles for you as well. I'm working on an alternative bankroll management article that's going to go over different ways you can manage your bankroll. There's not just one way. So uh, that's going to be cool. And then also, I just posted on my Twitter account that you guys can DM me any questions you have. I'm going to turn that into a Q&A article as well where we can go over some more strategy questions that everyone's asking and stuff we'll be all prepped for nba season and once it gets rolling we're going to have specific slate content that's going to get everyone uh, in line and ready to go yeah and some big new hires that we're going to be bringing on and jeff will also be launching an alternative lifestyle article which will be coming out next week also so let's go and see how we did this weekend we'll try to talk as little as possible about will ty but silva how'd you do this weekend uh i Man, like I was really heavy into Martellus and Sammy Coates. So, I mean, like I, I had a big week, but you know, reflecting when when you're really when you're really into like the the two nut plays and you don't like like win a tournament, oh, yep. yeah, that makes me sad. I but, think that's. But, I think but, but, but it was a really good week. Yeah. I think that's almost worse. Like I have a worse feeling. That's what happened to me uh, two weeks ago. I had Julio Matt Ryan combo with Steve Smith and Ingram, and the Ingram vultures by Kuhn cost me probably seventy thousand dollars more. So it's like you know you went you have a monster week, but you're like this could have been the week. Yeah. And sometimes it's worse than losing. And, and I was thinking about it like today, like I. You know, like, am I going to, like, be on the nuts like that so much again all year? Yep. yep. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I will. You know, again, very strong week, but, like, you know, just wish I would have had the right combination. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, I just didn't. And it's, it's frustrating. Jeff, you know that feeling, dude. We've all been there before. It's fucking- week two, man, with Cam. It's like I had a big week, but I felt like I should have swept every site. You know, you, yeah. you get so many opportunities to get that close. So I definitely could feel you there. And the big thing is it's different. I mean, we do all the sports, obviously, in baseball, basketball, football. You know, in a baseball season, there's 162 games and probably almost 200 DFS days. So if you miss the nuts for a day, you got 199 other days where you could hit it. In football, there's really only 17 weeks plus playoffs. So, you know, yeah. you have that magical week. Like, you only got a, you know, the 10 weeks after this where you could really get it. So I know the feeling, brother, but we'll get it back. We'll get it back this week. Um, talk about some things you did right, things you did wrong. So, Evan, you talked about, uh, what you have, Martellus Bennett? And who was the other one? Uh, Sammy Coates. Right. So those were the nuts. And who, who kind of yeah. hurt you on that lineup? Um... I gotta go back and think. Um, you can check it. I'll kick the oh, devil. I, yeah, I know. I got plenty of guys that hurt me. If you want to, <laughs> my, my, no, my my horrible plays were <laughs> running back were C.J. Anderson and Jerick McKinnon. Okay. I mean, they they yes. buried me. You know, um, I mean, Antonio Brown wasn't worth it. You know, Odell Beckham wasn't worth it. Uh, you know, again, like had had good teams, but like. You could have a good team and have C.J. Anderson and Jared McKinnon in it, and, and you're screwed. Yep. I mean, and you're not really winning a lot. You're not winning a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Jeff, what about you? Yeah, so same thing with me. Like, I had a bunch of Meredith. Uh, when DraftKings did their 
does the report and lets you know who your highest owned player was. It came back Meredith. I had him in 60% of my lineups. Like, How come I don't get this fucking report? How do you guys all get this and I don't? You don't get that? No. Yeah, they email you a report that says, like, this is your highest owned guy. These are how many teams you had exposure to, like, that sort of thing. I don't get Aguiar. that either. Aguiar, <laughs> Robbins. I don't get that either. Really? Yeah. I'll show you guys what it looks like and you can start searching for it. Yeah. Maybe Aguiar's listening and they, he can uh, send you guys one of those. Send me the fucking report, Aguiar. Maybe it's just for the guys that lose a bunch of money. Then I should get it. <laughs> I should get two of them. No, so I got that report, and it said, yeah, Meredith was your highest on player, 60% or whatever, and uh, I had a bunch of Sammy Coates as well. I had them actually both on the same roster, which I thought, okay, man, how is this? Uh, how could this roster lose? But it had McKinnon and Will Ty. Did you know I played Will Ty last week, Tommy? Yeah, I, I did, and I called him a fucking garbage human and said it was one of the worst plays in the history of football. So. Evan, how bad was that play? Will Ty, what do you think? I think it was a good process play. I, I mean, the Packers have been giving up the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends, and the difference is Eli hits, hits him on the 61-yard touchdown over the top, and, I mean, that, you know, that's the difference, man. Like, I remember, like, in week two – I love Amari Cooper and Amari and Derek Carr misses him for you know like Amari Cooper splits the safeties you know deep deep down the middle and fucking Derek Carr misses him for a would be forty yard touchdown bomb and that's you know a fifteen point swing or whatever I mean and that that was the difference on Will Ty Tommy I mean he, he was a good process play I mean you know, apparently you don't like him but he was a no, good. He's- he was a good it was a good fantasy play. Just had Evan, back me up. There we go. No, he's, he's a garbage human. I'm not going to agree with anyone. He's a garbage human being. So, uh, yeah, no, my process was I thought he'd be in the block a little more. A lot of people were, were referencing. I mean, obviously, if you're referencing the DVOA of the Green Bay Packers versus the tight end, obviously, we all saw that pass. I was actually rooting for that to be completed and lose that bet with Jeff just because he had a lot of money on the line for it. But, you know, my logic was a lot of people liked Will Ty. Not you guys. Your guys' process was right. But a lot of people liked him because of his numbers last year. And I said you can't make a correlation between this year and last year simply because last year they didn't have Shepard and Cruz. So he had no other options. So Eli really was forced to throw to guys like Ty, whereas this year I didn't think he'd be, he'd, he'd be willing to. But, no, I mean, it was the process seems okay from what you're saying. If Jeff said it, I would attack him because you're Evan Silva. I'm going to let it slide and we'll move on. So, yeah, I got fucking slaughtered by C.J. Anderson too, Evan. It was – Yeah. Uh, yeah. God. Oh, uh, Horrible, dude. It was the perfect spot. And this is where yeah. we talk about making bad plays and losing money, but then going back and looking at your process, which is the most important thing. And my process was right. Your process was right. I mean, it was a great spot. Home game, rookie quarterback, should have seen 30 touches, fucking weak defensive line. I mean, everything perfectly lined up, and it just yeah. makes sense. The Falcons started A.J. Hawk at linebacker. Yeah, I mean. I was like, I'm ready, I'm ready, you know? Yeah. And then you see his ownership, and you see him at like 14% owned, and you're like, ah, that's, I'm going to win all the money. <laughs> hey guys i've got a question um so process wise i know so i played Jerick mckinnon it sounds like evan you did as well and that's the one guys i'm going back and reevaluating my guys um, and not just the results the process i'm wondering if that was the right play or not because that offensive line is just so bad you know like do we need to stop playing minnesota running backs uh, evan i'll let you hit it first i mean for me, like, all right, so it, it was like a price play, you know. Like, he, I think he was cheap on both sides, but he, I mean, he had a really good price on FanDuel. 
the Texans had not been great against the run. I mean, pretty pretty mediocre to below average. Um, we knew that the Vikings' defense was going to dominate, you know, which they did. Um, and, I mean, the touches were there. It's just – you're right. The Vikings' offensive line is a big problem. It, it, it's a big problem. But, I, you know, I, I'm still okay. The, the issue is that, like, he, he doesn't get goal line carries, you, you know. Right. That's my problem, right? Yeah, yeah. He got the first one, and then they didn't get it to I know. Him. And he'll never get another one the rest of the year now because of that first one. <laughs> but, horrible. And they don't use him a lot in the passing game either, yeah. which is surprising. Like – here, here was my and, – and we spoke about this on the pod Saturday, Jeff. We, we did disagree on McKinnon. And, again, it's – you know, I was wrong on a lot of my processes too, so I don't just mean to talk about the ones that didn't work out. But the thing for me is, I mean, yes, the price was good. I thought there was some other value backs and, you know, wide receivers that we could have got there and guys like Meredith and Jordan Howard was too cheap and there was a bunch down there. The thing for me personally, I just never roster backs who I don't – I know aren't going to be the primary goal line back and have a competing threat through the air. That's the thing. If, if Asiata didn't catch balls at all, I'd feel a lot more confident in McKinnon. But the fact that we've seen Asiata have some decent games out of the backfield, even chewing into two or three of those targets is huge for a guy like McKinnon who's really he's probably not going to get you 25 touches ever. So you're relying on some big plays. Well, he did. Touches. I mean, he did. Yeah, he did. Like, That's he what I'm saying. I got over 20 yeah. touches. I didn't see that coming at all. There, there were definitely issues with him. It's just like his price was good. You know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it sucked. Let's move yeah. forward. I mean, he's, yeah, he's 4000 At $4,000, I mean, what do you really need, 12 points? So, I mean, yeah, right. for the amount of touches that he had, you're not expecting 1.8 yards of carry. He's an athletic back. He's got a skill set. Yeah. So, yeah, but I, mean, I, don't, I think that was kind of a push. I don't think that was a terrible process play either. Um, we already talked about last week, so let's move on a little bit to kind of want to talk about Thursday's game. We'll get into some of the early kind of expected ownership. We'll get into – some Vegas lines on this Sunday's game. We'll talk about a couple controversial guys. But I do want to talk about the Thursday game first. So let's jump over to that. Uh, in this game, obviously, a lot of us normally fade the Thursday game. That's the philosophy. That's the logic a lot of times. I think that's been changing. I think it's also becoming a little bit contrarian to actually play this game, because especially in high-dollar tournaments, because so many sharp players just fade it all the time. But we have the San Diego Chargers and the Denver Broncos couple big pieces of information here from my side, uh, from Guru and Cosell and a couple guys I've been listening to. Virgil Green should be back this week, and we have one of the big offensive linemen for Denver, which should be back this week. So that might sure up the offensive line a little bit. Uh, Silva, I know this is one of your areas of you know, specialty here. So what's your take on C.J. Anderson this week, being that we just got burnt on him last week? Um, he's – I mean – I would say that the issue right now and the, the, the argument for him in hindsight as a bad process play last week was that Devontae Booker's playing time had actually increased in every single game up until week five. Again, I played C.J. Anderson. I think that ultimately he was a good process play, but that would be the one thing that gave me a little bit of pause about it. You know, obviously I didn't think it was a big deal. But then we saw Devontae Booker jump up to 41% of the snaps last week with 10 touches. C.J. Anderson had 14 touches. Okay. Um, and it wasn't just a game script thing. I've seen a couple of people say that it was a game script thing. They, they weren't watching the game because Devontae Booker was getting carries early in the game. And actually at one point during the game, Gary Kubiak said, 
to the telecast that they wanted to get Devontae Booker more touches. So, so it, it, I don't want to call it like a 50-50 running back committee, but they clearly want to get the other back more work. And, um, you know, I don't – I would say the matchup is okay. There are some reasons to think that San Diego is a better run defense than given credit for. Um, there are other reasons to not – like they're number 19 in football outsiders DVOA, but they've held opposing running backs to under 3.6 yards per carry. They've given up the most all-purpose touchdowns in the NFL to running backs. Uh, they got Joey Bosa last week back. He only played 27 of 81 snaps, but he just wrecked havoc uh, against, I mean, some some weak, some backup offensive linemen for the Raiders. But, I mean, he, he looks ready to go. Um, the issue is Devontae Booker right now, who's a, a pretty talented kid, and uh, you know that that has me off, like wanting to invest much into C.J. Anderson. Jeff? Yeah, so I actually – Evan, you were one of the guys that tweeted out Devontae's Booker's snaps heading into last week. So I actually did figure that you were off of C.J. Anderson. It did uh, concern me a little bit, led me to look into that a little bit more and ended up with less C.J. Anderson than I started with. So um, that combined with, uh, like you said, this week, knowing that his snaps went even higher – really has me off C.J. Anderson. Yeah. The matchup that you talk about, um, it's for whatever reason, the the running backs against the Chargers are getting looks through the air. Yes. You can blame that on I, – I is it a problem with Monte, Monte Teo and his coverage? Their, their linebackers are so slow. It's, yeah. that's, I noticed that was the first week. That's, I've been targeting guys against San Diego every single week. Their linebackers are atrocious when you watch the tape. They just can't cover. They're slow as hell. <laughs> Yeah, from what I hear, Monte Teo is like one of the worst linebackers in the league. So that could have something to do with it. Um, so, yeah, it, do you see he, – He's out for the year with a, a torn Achilles. Oh, really? Did that happen yeah. last week? I think it was – I don't He's out for the year. So, I mean, okay. they're, they're, they're using backups. So, basically, we're, we're dealing with – yeah, we're dealing with the guy that couldn't beat Teo out. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> I guess the question for you guys – or for you, Evan, is – who is the better pass-catching running back out of Denver? Is C.J. Anderson uh, figured to get some looks through the air, or do you think that they could use Booker in the passing game a little bit? Apparently they, they like – I mean, just based on what the beat writers say, uh, they like Booker better as a, a receiving back. I mean, I've always liked C.J. Anderson as a receiving back, but apparently they like Devontae Booker better. So um, I, don't, I don't know, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at it last week, he out-targeted him. I mean, on the on the ground, I think CJ had what eleven carries, and Booker had like six. So CJ was almost two to one on the ground, but Booker out-targeted him six to about three or four through the air. So it looks like it is going to lean that way. Um, what are we looking at here with Simeon? Is Simeon going to be back this week? I mean, I can't believe we're at a point where we think that might be a upgrade if Trevor Simeon's, Simeon's playing. But is he going to be back this week, Evan? Yeah, the the beat writers expect him to play. Um, you know, I think that it's it's still not 100% locked in. I mean, he's got like an AC sprain in his left shoulder. And, you know, sometimes quarterbacks need to like use their left arm to like kind of like move a pass rusher out of the way or, you know, or whatever. And the concern was that he couldn't protect himself enough last game. 
So I don't – I mean, I'm, I'm not messing with, with Trevor Simeon. He, you know, he's had one big game where he hit a couple of play-action bombs uh, against Cincinnati, against a Bengals defense that, that was really struggling or uh, selling out to stop the run. And aside from that, he's been a, a game manager, and now he's less than 100%. So don't want any part of him. So There's, obviously I'm assuming you wouldn't be too on Emmanuel or Demarius either in this game, right? I uh, see the matchup is, is pretty good, you know, with uh, the Chargers missing Jason Verrett and Brandon Flowers. I mean, we, we saw Derek Clark Carr and Amari Cooper finally, like, got off the schneid against them last week. Um, I mean, the matchup is good, you, you know, individually for the receivers. It's just when I'm looking at Simeon and evaluating him independently, you know, I, I don't expect them to have big games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on with you there. Jeff, anyone else on the Denver side before we pivot over to San Diego? Anyone you got an interest in? I really don't have much interest. Like I was kind of hinting at, I think Devontae Booker could be interesting on especially the like the two game slates and everything, 3,500 on DraftKings. If you're still alive in those in the Monday through Thursday contests, I wouldn't mind taking a chance there. Yeah, I actually you have. guys play those much? Heck yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I'm fucking yeah. Jeff. That's why I'm playing them now. I didn't play them ever because they're stupid, and now I got this asshole making me play all these damn games that are you, just you, you know, People will really fr- frown on this, but, I mean, I play cash on those and pretty much win every time. I mean, I, I don't – I mean, I, 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 like I'm going to jinx myself now saying I win, <laughs> win every time. But, I mean, I, I profit every time that I play these. Well, what's the trick? I mean, just playing just the best plays. Yeah. yeah, just playing the best so plays. Where, where are your – because it seems like the fucking chalk would be like 80% across the board. Where are your opponents screwing up? What are the other teams doing wrong? It is. Um, that, that's a good question. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I just – I've gotten re- really good results so far. And, I mean, we're still in a small sample. But just playing the best plays across the board, not necessarily trying to win tournaments, although, you know – I mean, I don't. The payout isn't even that big for for the tournaments, right? At, at least on FanDuel, they got I mean, some qualifiers, but that's about it. Most of the regular tournaments aren't that big. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I'm just trying to put together the best lineup, and I mean, I'll I'll, I'll win I'll win in cash, and a lot of times it'll 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 cash in the tournaments too, and, and it'll be a nice you know n- nice winning. Do you find yourself leaving a lot of salary on the table ever? Uh, definitely willing to, to leave salary on the table. And I know that other people aren't, you know, like, like this week, uh, I left uh, and this will, this will turn out wrong just because we're talking about it. But like I, I used Emmanuel Sanders. He's gotten more targets, more red zone targets, more targets inside the 10 yard line. He's been more productive period than Demarius, um, and left like 800 on the table. And I know that people would have paid up. To, to get Demarius if they had my same lineup because he was like, you know, 500 more or whatever. Yeah, no, that's, you know? that's smart, especially Casey Hayward. He should see Casey Hayward like 50% of the game. Who's, who's I think he's going to sure. beat him up. Even though everyone thinks Casey Hayward's amazing, I, I really – I see Emmanuel Sanders eating him alive. I really do. I think he's one of the most overrated corners in the game personally. But uh, let's go to the San Diego side of the ball. Anything you see here, I really don't obviously like targeting this Denver defense too much, especially on a large slate, maybe on a Monday, Thursday. You know, you're forced to take some of these plays. I got a tweet asking me to call Melvin Gordon a garbage human again, and I will. He's a fucking garbage human being, uh, so I will not be rostering him. But anyone on the San Diego side of the ball, Jeff, that you're looking at? Oh, I can't do Melvin Gordon because he's going to run 20 times for 40 yards and you're hoping he gets a yeah. touchdown. You know, like that's, that's – yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
there's there's not a whole lot that's exciting to me with uh, the tight end situation. You've got Antonio Gates back, but Hunter Henry still had a decent week last week. Um, but he did that on only four targets. So I'm staying away from that situation um, and just probably away from the Chargers in this matchup overall. So you're on, you're on pretty much full fade on this game outside of maybe Booker on a flyer. Honestly, I think that's the right play. Yeah. Silva, what about you? Um, I think that – so the Broncos' run defense hasn't been as good as last year, but, like, Melvin Gordon couldn't even be an efficient runner against the Colts and the Saints. Yep. Um, you know, and he had one decent run last week against the Raiders. Um, so, I, you know, with Melvin Gordon, like, you have a, a usage floor with him, and you have theoretically, like, a good touchdown probability. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, he's like a – I don't know what to do with him because, I, like, sometimes I think he sucks. He does suck. I think, yeah, I, I, I put him in the Yeldon basket, really. Like, he's very volume reliant. And, I mean, yeah, he's averaging 19 DK points, you know, a game this year, but he's also got seven touchdowns. And I would say – I mean, I have to go back and check. I think five of them were from the one-yard line. So it seems like you're really reliant on that one-yard punch-it-in touchdown. The only thing that makes it interesting this week, which really doesn't make a tremendous amount of sense because this algorithm at DraftKings is not very sharp, so it's not really, it doesn't really seem like it's adjusting based on opposing defenses or matchups, but his price has dropped from 7000 to 5600 um, which, which is a pretty low price for a guy who's probably got like a 20-touch floor. Um, interesting for a short slate, but I just don't like him personally. Um, you guys ready to get off this game? Yeah. Okay, so let's start looking at the week ahead. Uh, one of the first things I like to look at is the Vegas lines. Just first glance, Monday morning this is the first thing I look at. It's interesting this week. There is something that jumps off the page. We got the Panthers Saints game that's at a fifty-three total, uh, and the next highest over/under is forty-seven and a half as of right now. I haven't uploaded Pinnacle today, so this is from yesterday. So these lines might have changed a bit, but it's not often we see that where one game is about six points higher then the rest of the games on the slate. And then you got a whole basket of games between 46 and 47 and a half. Uh, nothing under 43 and a half, too. So the lowest total on the day and the second highest are four points apart. And then you have Carolina six points above that. So we'll get into ownership in a second. But just looking at the slate and looking at some of these lines all sitting around 46, 47, uh, the first one that kind of jumps off the page a little bit for me, I kind of like this Jacksonville Bears game going over. I think there could be some fireworks here. I think Alshon and Allen Robinson might be interesting. But any of these games jump off the page uh, to you, Evan, where you said maybe this one could go to the moon? Uh, yeah, I really like the Kansas City-Oakland game. Okay. Um, I think that both these defenses are garbage. Uh, I know that people look at the Chiefs on the sheet of paper and think that they are, are good, but they can't rush the passer at all. Uh, they've been bad in run defense. Um, the Raiders have allowed the most yards per play in the NFL by a half of a yard. Uh, they're, they don't rush the passer at all. They have been bad in run defense. Um, you know, like Derek Carr is rolling from a fantasy perspective. He's got – he's been a top seven fantasy quarterback in four of his first five weeks. Alex Smith, although, like, it's been real ugly at times uh, – he has been a top 15 quarterback in three of his first four games. Um, 
And, you know, I mean, the Chiefs are coming back from a bye. They should be, they should be prepared to, to go to the black hole. And, they, I mean, they need to score some points. I don't, I don't know what to do with, with – I don't know what to say about the running backs here. We're doing this on late Wednesday. Uh, you know, we have, injury, we have injury situations on both sides. My guess right now is that Latavius won't play. And DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard will be back in play um, in a good matchup at home. Uh, and then for the Chiefs, I think that – I hope that, like, Schefter ha- has a report on Saturday or Sunday that gives us some clue as to how they're going to use these RBs. Uh, I expect Spencer Ware to maintain a significant role. Yeah, that's interesting. Coming off, coming off by. What about you, Jeff? Any game that jumps off the page or any comments on this one? Yeah, so the Niners-Bills game uh, jumps off a little bit because the Bills are big favorites there. We know that running backs against the Niners have just been a thing already. So you're going to see McCoy as a chalky option, but a really tough option to fade, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I think he's going to be the highest-owned player maybe on on the weekend, I would think. Yeah, Yeah, I think – yeah, he's definitely going to be up there for sure. And he's he's a guy who I have been on, and one of those things you were talking about, Evan, where – fucking I loved him in a couple weeks and didn't go enough on him him and DeMarco have been my kind of two guys that have been frustrating me I think we'll see guys like Meredith and and some others maybe eke him out as far as ownership percentage but he's definitely going to be chalky which sucks because this is the week I'm like fuck it I'm just going McCoy and Murray and now they're going to be the chalk this is before I even looked at matchups so yeah we do have some interesting options here that Kansas City game is definitely interesting uh, I especially like Amari Cooper in this matchup. Yes. He's, I, I haven't checked it. I think he's the one who has gains, right? Isn't Crabtree on yes, Peters? Sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, so that's, that's he's a gonna roll one. again. He's going to yeah. roll again. Yeah, he's, he's going to uh, And his price actually went down on FanDuel from last week. That's interesting that you think that Murray and McCoy will be the chalk because that makes me interested in Le'Veon, number one. Uh, he should roll. And uh, C-Mike uh, against Atlanta. Yeah, well, this is a good point. Let's get into this now. So what we like to do early in the week, again, I mean, Evan, I'm assuming you're the same way as we are. Yes. Uh, We're not trying to just, you know, mail the podcast in and not give you in-depth information. It's just most of our information is done from, you know, Thursday to Sunday. So, you know, we don't want to give you half-ass information. No, Evan starts researching Sunday night, dude, for the next week. He's not in our Sunday I'm I'm assuming he still does 70% from Wednesday on. I get get text Sunday night saying, hey, guys, we need to keep an eye on this guy. It's like, Evan, let us sweat out the Sunday night games first, all right? Me and Jeff don't even look till like, right before this show. Like, that's why we bring guys like you on, Evan, so we don't have to do shit. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, what I like to do at this point in the week is really start to, you know, grind in on ownership, you know, and start to hone in on Twitter, hone in on some other sites. I subscribe to almost every site out there. I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, not for the plays, just because I want to know where everyone's going. So the way I kind of see it, Jeff, me and you have gotten really good at this. Evan, we haven't interacted on this before, so share anything, you know, you think. I think we always start with running back here because we're dysfunctional morons and we go contrarian. I think at running back, Bell will come in at number one. Um, okay. I think he'll be the chalk. And then I think we're looking at McCoy, Murray, and Howard kind of all falling in that 20-ish range. Jeff, you in agreement on that? I think McCoy is going to be the highest on, but maybe I'm crazy. He's cheaper than Bell and Murray. I know that Bell and Murray are both going to be popular as well, but like the whole San Francisco, running backs against San Francisco is certainly not a secret. Right. I don't know. Interesting. And, and you thought – I mean, I think Bell's number one. Are you guys in agreement with that or no? I think, he's, the best, I think he's maybe the best play, but I think that McCoy will be highest owned because yeah. he's cheaper. And, and then if McCoy is the highest owned, 
does that I mean are people going to be able to fit in Le'Veon too? You I know? mean, I think this is the we especially depending on Coates' status. Uh, for those that don't know, Coates is in a full cast right now for seven stitches, from what I heard. But I mean, it looks like Coates might scare some people off with this injury, whereas he was going to be super high owned. Where I think everyone's approach was going to be to go Coates, Meredith, guys like that at receiver. Because really, the stud receivers, which we'll get into in a second, it's really kind of Antonio Brown. There's one or two others, and nothing crazy jumps off as far as ownership. So I think this was going to be an upside-down week where everyone was going to go cheaper at receiver, more expensive at running back. So they might be able to. Jeff, Jeff, what do you think? What's the approach this week? Dude, Antonio Brown's 10K, man. Are people really going to pay that much money for him? Yes, he's Antonio Brown. <sighs> what, what do you need? Like for real, for him to pay that back, you you need too 30. much. You need thirty, at least. Yeah, and I mean, you gotta remember the higher it. the higher up you go, and we've talked about this before, Jeff. Like when you're looking at a, everyone always goes, "Oh, you need three X." No, you don't need fucking three X from a three K guy. Nine isn't going to win you a tournament. I don't care how much value you have. You have a nine sitting in your lineup. You're not going to win the million. You're not going to win a hundred man tournament. You can cash. You're going to do fine. But the lower you go down the price chain. I look for 4X, 5X out of my 3K guys. And out of my 10K guys, I'm only looking for 3X. I'm not looking for 40. I don't need that because if I get that 30 burger in my lineup, that's going to be enough. I'll make up for it with my 3K guys going 4X to kind of balance it out to that three and a half number I try to get to. So, I mean, what do you, let me ask you guys, what do you think his ownership will be on DK? Because he's got that 10K. That's a big difference from 9,700. Just because of the mental factor of the ten, totally. I'm yeah. saying twenty four percent, twenty two percent, somewhere in that range. Go ahead, Evan. What do you think? I don't know, but I'm not going to play him. Yeah, same. <laughs> exactly. I would say like twelve percent, but no. not in my life. Dude, he's ten k. There's no way he's paying this off you're on the road, dude. All you need to do is take Antonio Brown and pair him with Meredith, and you're sitting at seven k a receiver. There's so many yeah. cheap receivers. Doesn't matter. I'd rather pay up for the running backs. I'm like Le'Veon Bell. There's Le'Veon Bell is such a better place. Seventy nine hundred compared to ten k. No, I'm not. Listen, I'm not arguing. I'm not gonna. I don't have Antonio Brown in my roster right now. I built two lineups. I don't have him in. I'm, I'm not just, gonna let you put him in. I'm just saying right here. You're almost making me put him in now because if he's gonna be twelve percent, I'm going fucking balls. Oh, don't do I'm it. I'm going man. balls deep on this if he's gonna be twelve percent. You're limiting your upside so much, man. Dude, I'm Tommy G. I'm not worried about that. I'll make up for it also. I'm actually curious. We're going to have to make a bet on this come Saturday. But that, that's yeah. shocking. So what other receivers, Evan, are you thinking are going to be a little bit chalky? Not necessarily guys you're on, but who do you see being the chalk a little bit? Yeah. Um, um, I'll throw some names out at you. We got Meredith, Kelvin Benjamin. Alan Meredith, Robinson. absolutely. On both sites. Uh, who who did you say before Allen Robinson? Calvin Benjamin, obviously. Uh, I don't think I don't. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? I mean, I'm I'm thinking like you know guys like who who have had big box scores recently, like like Cameron Meredith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Meredith will definitely be the highest on. Ty Hilton. Ty will be up there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like that matchup isn't that great. You I know, like he he doesn't check every box. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing, guys, when you look at it. I mean, when you look at the wide receivers this week, you have Antonio Brown up there in the stratosphere, right? So normally we'd be like, fuck it, he's not going to be that high on. Well, you got Julio Jones going against Seattle, so most people are going to cross him off. You got Odell Beckham, who's just an absolute train wreck. Most people are going to cross him off. You got A.J. Green going against the Patriots. We know Belichick's going to aim to shut down the best player on the other team. And now you're in the 8K range. 
So now you're in Kelvin Benjamin, Jordy Nelson, Allen Robinson, TY range. So actually, Hilton's going to have big ownership. You're, yeah, you're Hilton, right, dude. Hilton, um, Allen yeah. Robinson, Kelvin Benjamin, I think is going to be the second highest owner receiver outside of Meredith and, and the third highest. T.Y. Hilton actually has, like, great historical stats, you know, like BVP stats against yeah, the Yeah, Silva. That is right up Tommy's alley. Get it, Silva. So people, will, back people will love that. People will love that about T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, I know he's about to make fun of BVP, so i got to cut him off before he does. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> dude, hey, Will Fuller, dude. Will Fuller. You love Fuller. He's, he's, oh, I told you last week he was going to have zero catches. He ended up with I one late. <laughs> the only person on the fucking planet that thought Fuller was a good player was Siege. Yeah, so. uh, but this week coming off of a one-catch game, like give me Fuller at low ownership because everyone's going to be off of him. So, oh, you know who people will be on this week is uh, Marvin Jones, I think. Ooh, uh, yeah. Rams. Uh, I've seen a lot of people talking about him already. Uh, Tremaine Johnson, the Rams' top corner, is out. Um. And I think that Marvin Jones could, could have some, some serious ownership. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I do what like about, that. What about um, the any of the Seahawks receivers? Do you think they're going to be popular against Atlanta? They, they should I mean, be. Baldwin should be. I mean, are you yeah. scared? Silva, let me ask you this. Are you scared of Baldwin? Uh, you know, being how much true fonts he going to see? Is his true font going to shadow? How much true fonts he going to see? That's my only concern. None. With Baldwin. No, he's a slot receiver, right? So true font's not going to slot, right? Nope. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. So that that makes it a lot safer. I think Jimmy Graham obviously is is probably going to be the most popular target. Oh yeah, he'll be popular too for sure. How's he good again? I don't understand that. I mean, was the, question, the question isn't how is he good again? In my opinion, the question is how was he ever not good? Like how well, were they the ever injury. not him? The injuries. I like, didn't think he'd be able to come back from those injuries. You have to involve him. They, they just haven't even been – they haven't even been sent – just getting the ball at all until recently, and now he's a monster again. So, so, but this is for real, right? Jimmy Grant's not an aberration right now. Oh, no, he's real fucking deal. I mean, this is – he looked just like 2011, 2013 against the Jets and the 49ers. He was, yeah. he was straight dominant. Yep, that's that's it. and it's. I mean, it's good to have him back. Honestly, I mean, he's yeah, such I agree. Player. I just don't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. I don't, I don't understand it either. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> most things. So I, I I put him in my article like, do not draft this guy this year. You know, like, <laughs> <Yeah. before. laughs> you weren't alone, Evan. I promise you that. Yeah. If anyone did say to draft him this year, I'd like to buy that guy's subscription. Um, we'll get the quarterback last just to really fuck with the listeners. Um, tight end. I think Jimmy Graham is going to be popular. I'm curious to see how popular. I don't think he'll be the highest owned. I think there's a chance we see, I mean, obviously Greg Olson coming off a huge week against the saints. Now that'll be popular, but I think there's a chance we see both new England tight ends up there over 10%. Of course. Yeah. Everyone's going to play Bennett after last week. No doubt about that. That is the donkiest move ever. Isn't I, it? I, know. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I mean, it is. It, 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 I, I just don't see it. I don't. I, so Tommy's going to do it. I mean, yeah, I'm going to do Bennett Brown. That's going to be my fucking player. Antonio Brown, and then I'll see if fucking I can get Will Ty in versus Baltimore, and I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play, I'll play, play, flex, play in a flex. Retreat. I retreat. I retreat. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, Martellus Bennett, like, the, the DraftKings algorithm and me have serious fucking beef. Like, we need to talk. Like at some point, this thing is just straight short bussing the whole season. It makes no fucking sense. Martellus Bennett has been a beast almost every week outside of the two weeks I rostered him. But 25 points in week two, 19 points in week four, 
throws up 30.7 last week, and he's still 4,500 bucks. He was 4,700 three weeks ago. I mean, I just look at the, some of the decisions that this algo makes and where they price people, and it's like, is there a functionality in there where it can't move anyone up more than $700 in a week? Like, is that, you think that's a thing in there, Might Jeff? Be. Oh, no, it definitely it, might it be. It has to be, right? Because Cam Meredith is 41 fucking, like, what are you doing? How is he 4,100? The guy threw up 30 points last week. Like, you know everyone's going to be on him. He had 12 targets. It, it's, I just don't get how this thing functions. But who do you guys like at quarterback this week? I think this is going to be a week. Are we, we're already done with tight end? Do we, we talk about Delaney? Delaney? We have Olsen, Gronk, Bennett. Do Delaney? we talk about Delaney? Well, now we're going to go talk about Okay. Delaney. Evan, what do you think about Delaney this week against Cleveland? Of course, if we're going to attack that um, Cleveland secondary, it's really hard to roster any of the Tennessee wide receivers. So Delaney would seem like the best option. Of course, uh, Tennessee big favorites at home here, expecting them to uh, win this game. And I, I know they like to try and establish the run. Like, that's a big thing. They're going to try and do that every single game. But you see Delaney getting some targets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's an incredible play. Actually, the Browns entering last week allowed the most catches and receiving yards to opposing tight ends. And then they got hit for a 100-yard game by, by Gronk and a three-touchdown game by Martellus Bennett. Like, they just they can't cover anybody in the middle of the field. You know, we thought, like, Dennis Pitta was back after he played the Browns. You know, he, he hasn't really done anything since then. Um, so, another, another Tommy Jeff bet, by the way. So. And, and also the Titans have – or the Browns have quietly played, like, okay run defense. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they didn't give up any room against LeGarrette Blunt last week. They've allowed under four yards per carry to opposing running backs. Um, and so if the Titans are not as successful running the ball against the Browns as most people expect, myself included um, – then, I mean, I think Delaney Bennett fits from that. But he's got eight targets in back-to-back weeks anyways. The best possible matchup for a tight end. I'm surprised that you guys didn't mention Kelsey. Um, but I, I think that he might be the best play, one of the better plays on the board at tight end. He's one uh, of my favorite Twitter celebrities. I actually had a conversation. Jeff, I told you about this, right? The first time I talked to Kelsey on Twitter. He I don't think so. commented on me saying the first time I masturbated was to the Fly Girls and in Living Color. And he wrote <laughs> back to me. So that he's, he's got a soft spot in my heart for that. I just don't play Travis Kelsey. I don't know. He's just burned me too many times. But definitely, I mean, this is a good matchup. Oakland has been, you know, weak against the tight end for years now. This isn't something new. But you yeah, are Kelsey. No, I, I think this year might be different for Kelsey. He's on pace for career highs in every statistical category. He has eight red zone targets already. Last year he only had 11. Um, I, and I think this game is a potential shootout. So I mean, seven, I, seven, seven targets or more in every game. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that this, you know, last year there would be fucking games where you get like four or five targets, mm-hmm. you know. Like I think this year might be a little bit different, a little bit different in part because their defense is bad. Right. You know, they're going to have to throw the ball more. Do you think this changes when Jamal comes back? Do you think when they get Charles back, a lot of those balls that are going, you know, short to Kelsey end up getting dumped off to Jamal? I just don't know what to expect from Jamal. You you know, I I feel like a lot of people are expecting him to come back and rip it. And like, I don't, I mean, he, I I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's because that's what he said is he's going to do, you know, like he says he's ready to go and everything. It's just like, how much can you trust a player? Um, Not at all. Yeah. yeah right. I've also read, I've also read like 
comments from him that don't get as much pub. And he, uh, one of them was like, um, uh, you know, even if I don't, even if even if I'm not the the same old uh, Jamal, I just, you know, I just want to get 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 back out there and play Help football team, or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah awesome. like, interesting. Yeah. Which is scary because right. very scary. Yeah, yeah. And, and that doesn't that doesn't get the pub, you know? Right, exactly. That's not that's not going to steal a headline. No one's getting a raise for that fucking headline. But yeah, no, that's the thing because the only way you make it to the pros is if you have an ego and and when you hear any athletes start downplaying at all their potential ability and not saying they're going to break records, that's scary as shit. Cause even when they say they're going to break records, they usually don't hold up to the hype there. So let's kick over to quarterback real quick. Then I want to get to some of these Twitter questions we got. So I think this is going to be a week where I think ownership is going to be spread out across all the positions. We started to notice that, but especially at quarterback, I don't really see anything just crazily jumping off the page to me. I mean, we have this, uh, Cam Newton situation where New Orleans is normally the team everyone likes to target. I still think he'll be one of the higher owned guys. Uh, yeah. These teams combined for 79 points in a game last year. So I think Breeze and Cam and Roethlisberger and Brady are kind of that top tier, but I don't see any of them coming in over like 14, 15%. Do you, Jeff? Uh, around there, I would say. I think that, you know, Cam, Breeze, and mm, I don't know who else. Maybe Ben. Ben, yeah. Those are probably like the big three that might get uh, a decent amount of the ownership. But after that, it's going to be like, you know, everyone's going to feel like they have a contrarian quarterback if they don't have one of those three. So, Hey, uh, let, me, let me give you a sleeper to be the highest-owned quarterback of the week. Alex Smith. Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> Actually, yeah, it's a bad call. Brian Hoyer. Interesting. Uh, you think something's coming out? Or like, do you no, think something's going to no. drop him up? Or you just think a lot of people no. have I mean, he's got – Three straight really good box scores. He's at home against a defense that no one's really going to fear, you know, the Jaguars. Uh Um, Game's the second highest total or third highest total. He's cheap. And how are people going to get in these running backs? I mean, and you obviously have the benefit there that, you know, Meredith is probably going to be the highest owned receiver. So Mm -hmm. whenever you have Meredith, you might want to pair him with Hoyer, you know, and really just get the guys in. So I I would be shocked to see him get in the top three, but – I mean, the logic makes sense, definitely. I think he'll be top five. He'll be top five. Yeah, I think he'll be top five. I think you could put him in there. Uh, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady are two guys on my radar, especially if I think I can get him under 10%. That's, that's gold when you can get that. Jeff, what the fuck are you smiling at over there? I'm just thinking about people playing Colin Kaepernick right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that actually leads us. Perfect segue there, j That leads us to one of our Twitter questions here. So I asked you guys before the show what you wanted us to talk about, and you know, not that I really give a crap because it's more about us than it is about you, but I figured we got some good ones, so I'll touch on it. So one of the questions was about Kaepernick here, and I want to, and I love the way the question was phrased. Evan, get ready for that. This is my followers, these absolute lunatics. Uh, this is at Ron Robert 82. He said, Tommy, is Cap in play to give you an easy 3X, or is he out of play because he's a douche? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ron, <laughs> I'm going to kick this to Evan first. <laughs> I mean, you know, in this same offense, Blaine Gabbert uh, was leading the NFL in rushing attempts and rushing yards among quarterbacks. So, I mean, there is some rushing upside for, for Colin Kaepernick. Um, I'm not going to play him 
you know, against one of the better defenses in the NFL. I mean, the Bills have played a, like legit elite defense in four of their five games. I know we all saw the the Thursday nighter that was a train wreck against Fitzpatrick, but they have been good on defense in all their other games. Um, and uh, I don't – I mean, Kaepernick, over his last 16 starts, he's completed 57% of his passes. He's averaging 109 passing yards per game. He has 15 all-purpose touchdowns and 15 turnovers. You know, he hasn't been good in a really, really long time. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm not going to play him. Jeff? Yeah, so <clears throat> I think this would be awesome for him to look good but have a really bad fantasy game so that next week going against the Bucks, uh, he's going to be super low on but has a better matchup to do well. And maybe he's still really low priced. That's when I'd be willing to take a chance on him. But on the road against the Bills, I just can't see it happening. I, like I said, I hope he looks good, shows some promise. They run that read option a lot that Blaine Gabbert, like Evan said, was getting a, a bunch of yards off of. And so imagine them running that read option with the same blocks and everything for Cap, who can you know, take advantage of that a little bit better. So I think there could be some upside for him in future matchups, just certainly not here. Yeah, we yeah. need to add the caveat that Jeff is like a low-key, like, diehard 49ers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not really low-key either. Kevin <laughs> Silva's made money off of me this year prop betting against the Niners. Like, <laughs> he prop betted Kristen Michael against the Niners against me one time, and I was telling him the Niners' defense isn't that bad. And Yeah, so my Niners take might be a little bit off. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm two and zero. I'm two and zero on him, Silva, in our thousand dollar bets up there. So me and me and me and Silva just making a living off Collins over here. Really uh, though. Uh, let me ask you guys this though, because I mean, Carlos Hyde. I'm a Carlos Hyde mark. I'm not going to deny it. I, I absolutely think he's a really good back that no one really gives enough credit to. He's just had a rigorous schedule. I mean, this poor guy literally is just the Rams at Carolina, Seattle, Dallas, Arizona. Like he hasn't had a cakewalk matchup yet. And he's done okay in it. In this read option system where we think they're going to be a little more trickeration behind the line, I know it's not a great matchup at all against Buffalo, but he's done well. I mean, 103 yards and two touchdowns at Seattle. Is this something where you have any interest in Hyde because of the new kind of format of the offense, Evan? I mean, see, I'm like the opposite way on Hyde. I think that he has like some great runs that really like, you know <laughs> – like, he will do exciting things sometimes as a runner. You know, he'll have, like, he can break, like, a – I mean, he, he does, like, some special things from time to time. Um, and, like, that will really get you excited. You know, it's fun to see those runs. Um, but I think he's actually a little overrated as a player. But you're right about his schedule. And, I mean, I'm not, like, saying that I absolutely know how good Carlos Hyde is. You know, this is one thing that I've learned, like, from doing this shit for years and years is that, like – our talent our evaluations are you know they're they're fucking shaky um, yeah. and um, but 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 with Carlos Hyde like he okay so I don't know like are you going to view Colin Kaepernick as a potential upgrade because that's what I'm asking because yeah, I don't know how to look right. at this because I liked what I saw out of Hyde right now just because the whole yeah. offense has to run through him because there hasn't exactly. been there Gabbert can't reach anyone as Jeff points out and Hyde catch, catches passes so he kind of has that Melvin Gordon touch floor with a little more yeah. upside and ability than Melvin Gordon. So that's yeah. what I liked about him. At a, at no, a, I agree with him. Right? But, yeah, that's my, that's my conundrum right now that he's still 5K, so he's still cheap. But is it 
is this going to be a negative because they're just going to stack the box and play the read option? Or is this going to be, you know, giving them a little more room to run? I really don't know where to go, honestly. I mean, I just – I think the offense is going to be bad. Yeah, and the no. thing I'm afraid of, and Jeff, this is what we talk about all the time, if, if this does end up being the perfect fit for Chip Kelly, you know, Kaepernick, which is possible. I mean, we've seen the good Kaepernick, and we've definitely seen the shitty Kaepernick. But if it does, you want to be on it the week before everyone realizes it, you know, sure. because if it does end up going off this week, by next week, these guys are going to be, you know, 25% owned. So that, that GPP life part of me is kind of like maybe I take a flyer on it when no one else wants to just to be the first to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think people get too caught up in trying to be the first one. Like I said, I think you can – the thing you can hope for is that he has – looks good in the game, but that fantasy-wise he wasn't great. So that the people who are paying attention know to play him next week but um, otherwise the other people for the most part are going to fade him. So like, that's what I would hope for. I think that that's how you can get on guys before anyone else and still have it be the right move instead of just like clicking and praying like that's, which is what you'd be doing with cap because I don't think there's anything in this matchup. Not cap as much. Yeah. Not, not cap. I'm talking about the hide side. Oh, you're talking about hide. If this is going to be a benefit to hide or cause hides a guy I like to play at that price regardless. I was all in on him last week. So yeah, I don't, yeah. You know, That's not going to change Hyde too much. I don't yeah, think. I don't like Cap this week. I'm I'm not I'm not afraid. They're, they're not going to run like read option every play or anything. Like they're doing yeah. it once every series or something, maybe once every couple series. So we'll see. depends on how well it works. So let's let's move over. We got another couple of Twitter questions here. Uh, how many guys is too many for a stack? And this is from at Fantasy Life Ten. Uh, and who? I don't know if I added and who or if he did, but. I guess, Jeff, I'll kick this to you because you're kind of the, you know, correlation expert on some level. Um, you know, how many guys do you like to stack? What's the most you'll stack and what positions? So, yeah, I don't know if he's asking how many is too many for a team or a game because you can – Or whatever you want. It doesn't that's matter. I am. Because uh, you can use, <laughs> like, three guys from the same team but then come back with two other guys from the other team and have five guys in a game. I've done that before. That's – kind of an extreme but you can do that in the right scenarios where you especially, especially on fantasy aces why fantasy aces with the two quarterbacks you can just fucking game oh, stack yeah. all time both sides oh, and shoot sure. yeah absolutely so um around five i guess from the same game is where i go maybe three from the same team talk um, about per team like would you go do you prefer quarterback two wide receivers quarterback running back wide receiver i know you were one of the first and only people to go quarterback running back wide receiver on the chiefs early this year and we yeah. Bill, and a lot of people were making fun of you for it and it ended up working out phenomenally so what's your normal strategy evan and i were talking about not that specifically but me rostering alex smith in week one so yeah um it was weird because yeah i in nashville we were with a bunch of dfs players and they saw my lineup that was absolutely crushing it was alex smith spencer ware and Actually, I had Jeremy Macklin who got – or I think I had Macklin who got hurt. It was Macklin, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was pretty much smashing except for – oh, no, it had Allen who got hurt and Kelsey. Um, so, it was pretty much Keenan smashing. Allen, that's right. Keenan Allen, that's Keenan right. Allen. Keenan Allen. Yeah, yeah, it was uh... – um, so it was fashion, but people were like, why would you play your running back with your quarterback? And these are like experienced DFS players, like guys I do shows with and everything. Wow. And really? Yeah. yeah. And I was crazy. like, guys, like that is two years ago. Tommy was one of the guys. I, 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 <laughs> no, I wasn't one of the guys. I said, you why would you do it with Kansas city? 
Like I would do it with uh, Ben Le'Veon Bell and Brown. I just didn't think that offense was explosive enough to do it with that team. But it was. I won't name the couple guys that were from a competing site, which that's a reason why we didn't offer to hire them here. But yeah, they were like, "You can never do that." And I was like, "Well, I told them I was like, guys, that's a strategy from two years ago. Yeah. Like, I think we moved past that to where you can start using running backs with your quarterback." But what about- when, when people started winning a million dollars, you yeah, <laughs> yeah. two two wide receivers, yeah, Williams, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what about you, Silva? Do you normally stack in GPPs? Do you normally pair your quarterback to your wide receiver? Do you play them naked? Do you do two and one? What do you, what's your strategy? Um, yeah, I definitely like to do uh, game stacks. I mean, like one of, one of my best lineups last week had Ben, A.B., Marshall, and Coates in it, you know. Um, I mean, definitely. Like I'm, I'm looking at uh, this, this Oakland-Kansas City game to, to, to potentially stack up. Um, I don't know if that, that the running backs are great plays here, but, I mean, I, I want to use a lot of different – a lot of pieces in that game. Um, I think that every single week, Ben, Le'Veon, and A.B. should be in play, you, you know, yeah. e- even in the same lineup. I mean, the Steelers can drop 40 points, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and they can – all those dudes can smash. So, there, there's no real – there's no reason to, to really truly shy away in, in good offenses or in, in games that you think have shootout potential. There's no reason to shy away from, from – from, from great plays just because they're on the same team. I think that another uh, uh, interesting one this week would be uh, Seattle with Russell Wilson and C. Mike and maybe Jimmy Graham or Doug Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely in play there. A couple of my biggest weeks last year were actually with Pittsburgh playing Le'Veon Bell. Uh, and then one week was actually D'Angelo, but Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and Ben. So I am in favor of that when the team has a very high team total. A team that – I'm interested in playing the running back and tight end without the quarterback would be the Titans this week. I think you can play DeMarco and Delaney. Um, I just think so much of that offense funnels through them. And like Jeff, I think it was you, Jeff, that said Tennessee's, you know, should romp this week. I think that's going to be an interesting contrarian play there. I don't think a lot of people do that. Uh, And I think it's price dependent too. Totally. Yes. You get some really cheap guys. Like if you have a really, like last week with uh, Zach Miller and Howard and Meredith, I mean, you can play all three of those guys, no problem, and you're only spending like 10K in salary. So you don't even need all three of them to go off. You just throw your darts and hope one of them hits. Uh, Let's go to another question here. Uh, Is it okay to be Captain Sabaho, or do you just hit it and quit it? That's from Brett Baker. (laughs) So, uh, Evan, would you like me to start with you on this one? (laughs) Um, Why don't I take the lead on this one, Evan? (laughs) I. I don't know. I, I always try to save him, you know, but like, you know. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff seems like a save Oh, definitely, man. I try to save him too. Jeff dude. Is a, trying to, usually trying to save him from me. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's a really good point. I go to the bathroom and Jeff's like, Jeff's like, dude, this kid has AIDS. You realize that, right? <laughs> like, he gave all of SoCal gonorrhea last week. <laughs> but I think everyone realizes I am a hit it and quit it guy. Uh, let's go to what's behind the correlations and what are the best ones? I kind of had to reword that for you, Colby, 77 Colby, because you wrote it in fucking Greek. But um, what's behind the correlations and what are the best ones? So it's kind of on a similar topic, but a little bit off. Uh, Jeff, Silva, you guys have talked about, you know, different correlations, whether it's, you know, defense and kicker or defense and running back. What are good correlations that you guys have kind of studied and noticed have positive, you know, EV? 
Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, whichever one. Okay. So the most obvious ones are um, quarterback to wide receiver. I think that that is something that pretty much everyone does now in tournaments, especially because if your wide receiver has scored two touchdowns, then your quarterback has thrown at least two touchdowns, so you might as well capitalize on that. Uh, it used to be seen as an upside play, and it, it kind of is, but it's more about, you know, making sure that you're getting plays together. You know, it's not necessarily a, a total upside play because the highest um, the highest optimal lineup at the end of the day is probably going to have a bunch of players from different teams, but um, it's about capitalizing on plays together. Uh, one of the sneaky correlations I think that I use a lot on FanDuel is my quarterback with my kicker because I am going for a lot of scoring opportunities. Um, when you look at the data, that's actually a positive way to go. It used to be that people thought, well, if your quarterback's scoring touchdowns and your kicker's only getting extra points, but usually when a game completely shoots out and your quarterback's scoring a lot of touchdowns, they also have their offense in the red zone a lot and end up having to settle for field goals. So like when a team scores, you know, over 40 points or something, it's usually not all touchdowns. There are a couple field goals and they're mixed in, plus you're getting all the extra points. So, and then, No, I was going to say, just to add to that, I mean, one of the things people don't realize, you're really just trying to not get fucking killed at kicker. You know, mm -hmm. that's really your goal going into a week. Give me my eight points and let me walk <laughs> the fuck out of here without getting murdered. But, I mean, if your quarterback throws for three or four touchdowns and they run one in, that's five points, just an extra points alone. You get one field goal and you're at eight. You know, so everyone always looks at the field goals adding it up, but those extra points add up. So, I mean, it does make sense. I mean, yeah, you look at look yeah. at the goals last week that scored 29 points, right? I was going to say, yeah. yeah. But didn't then, I mean, didn't just ripped it, didn't he? Yeah. yeah crushed for it. Sure. He's, he's, a, he's a freak. <laughs> Any other correlations you use a lot, Silva? Um, yeah, quarterback to wide receiver one, as Jeff mentioned. Then quarterback to wide receiver one to opponent wide receiver yes, one. That's my favorite, yeah. Um, yeah, and then um, uh, and then um, I mean, quarterback and running back correlate pretty well together. I mean, uh, you know, again, people people don't um, people kind of balk at, at that at that, you know, uh, because like when you look at the correlation matrix. Uh, it, it doesn't look look great, um, but if a team is going to score a lot of points and you're going to win, you know you're you're going to win this week in DFS. Like your your team is going to you're, you're going to the guys on your team are going to be scoring a lot of points. I mean, it's just like it's like intuitive, you know. So um, and, the, it, and very often, like the quarterback will get the team up, and then the running back will, will put the opponent away. Exactly. You know. So I mean, look, you, we're you're going to win or you're going to lose. And, um, you know, you're like, and you're trying to maximize your, your winnings too. So, I mean, I don't, I don't have any problem with quarterback and running back on the same team. I actually found quarterback running back to be a successful cash game strategy for me last year. When you have a team with a high implied total, you know, if you have a team like, like this week, um, I guess Carolina would be a bad example, but you go, you know, a team like the in playing the saints, like who would be in the Panthers situation who had a better, more consistent running game that you could pinpoint. But when you're targeting a team like the Saints or the Raiders or Detroit or some of these really low DVOA teams on both sides, it's, it kind of gives you safety that you, in a cash game, you don't care where the points come from. Right. If you tie the wide receiver to the quarterback and the running back scores three or four touchdowns, you're fucked. But in a cash game, it's like, listen, give me Palmer or David Johnson. I don't give a shit. Just get him in the end zone. So 
I think it's a little bit of a more conservative play where I think it's better yeah. for cash in that situation. Um, or, another, or, or Rivers and Melvin Gordon or, you know, right, yeah. has hit a lot so far this year. Um, yep. I mean, Le'Veon and Ben, we know that. That's probably the most popular one. David Johnson Palmer. Of course. Um, yeah. Except for when you use fucking Eli and Rashad Jennings against the Saints. <laughs> when you use anyone in that game, that was just a schmish That version. was That was – I mean, I feel like so far this year we have, you know, it's been like, I don't want to say chalky, but it's been not a crazy season uh, with the exception of that game, which was just just a complete nightmare. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've actually had – it has been a little bit chalky because I've, I'm usually really consistent in football. Like baseball and other sports, you know, I'm, I have months where I'll make 150 grand and then months where I just can't hit a thing. But, Jeff, you know how this is, hashtag GPP life. Like that one month makes your season. You know, in football, I'm usually more consistent where like, you know, there's a standard deviation from where I'm going to land. This year has been fucking insane. I mean, just the last three weeks, week three, I had my worst week in the history of the NFL. Week four, I hit for $45,000. Last week, I was terrible. Like there's no consistency for me right now, which I'm hoping starts to level out. But uh, yeah, I thought this week, I thought this season's been a little, Jeff, what have you thought of the season so far? It's a little bit weird. I just don't know why. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it in an overall sense. Uh, I've been pretty happy with how things have played out for the yeah, most overall, part. Overall, it's been great for the season so far. Yeah, we're all up. So Exactly. Like uh, You can't complain when overall you're up. Uh, and, you know, I think for the most part, the process has been right for us, especially, you know, we go, Tommy, you and I go back and listen to our podcast and figure out, okay, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? Right. And like we talked about with uh, like McKinnon was the one shaky player. Where it's like ah, I don't know if that was the right call or not. There's always a couple, right? Yeah, there, but for the most part, it feels like you know what? I think we made the right call there based on targets, based on opportunity. The results weren't there, but we pre- projected the opportunity well. Um, so yeah, in that sense, I think it's been chalky. Like what we've expected has uh, the opportunity's been there. It's just the results, as always. There's going to be variance within that. Yeah, my like my two plays I regret the most last week. CJ Anderson that killed me the most. CJ Anderson and Jordan Matthews. I would play him again in the same spot today. You know, like it's I don't really regret it too much. Let, let me let me ask you guys. I know you're doing Twitter questions, but I just I want to talk about I wanna, do whatever you want. So I want I want to talk about Odell Beckham. Okay. Why, why don't you guys give me your your take on him right now? B- because his price is like at a ridiculous level right now on Fanduel. What's he on Fanduel? Uh, Eighty three hundred. I believe. I mean, I mean, relative to his two-date production, yeah, it's ridiculous. But you know, this is a guy who, you know, I mean, he's a nine. Be a number guy. one wide receiver any week. Right. Right. Um, I personally have a little bit of an issue with what I'm seeing with Beckham. Not even for for reasons that a lot of people aren't talking about. I am an absolute fucking head case, and I think everyone knows that. <laughs> so I played sports my whole life. Jeff has seen me play $5,000 games of beer pong, you know, <laughs> consistently at the Playboy Mansion and stuff. And, you know, not to compare beer pong to the NFL, but if you've seen it, I need to talk shit or I don't do well. Like, I apologize to nice – like, if I was playing you, Silva, you're a nice guy. I would tell you beforehand, listen, I'm going to talk about, like, your mother being a whore and everything, and I apologize. I just need to do it in order to do well. Beckham is like that. He needs to be fired up. He needs to have that edge. The problem is he's taken it too far, and it scares me when they try to put the lion back in the cage with a guy like that. I think he needs that edge, and he's going to have to find a happy medium. I don't like Odell Beckham, Beckham hugging, fucking kicking nets, and 
saying he's going to be a better person. I don't want that guy. I want the guy who's talking shit who just doesn't get the flags personally. My, my concern is with Eli because he has sucked bad. So yeah, far garbage. This year. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, can they get it right against the Ravens? Like, no, nah, nah. I mean, can Beckham get it right? Yes. Can that offense get it right? I would be floored. Um, just, they just look atrocious. I mean, we won't even talk about their pass rush, but they just look atrocious on the offensive side of the ball. And being that they have no pass rush and should let up more points. And Eli has probably more weapons than you could say more talent than he's ever had in his career on the yeah, receiving yeah. side of the ball. He should be thrown for 5,000 yards this year, the way Shepard looks. Cruz is a lot healthier than we thought he'd be. Beckham's there, who's, you know, top three season-long fantasy pick. Uh, Jeff, I mean, it just – it's not clicking, and we're five weeks in, and it's not looking like it's trending in the positive direction. The targets are there. Like, he's, he got 12 targets, targets are there. Yeah. yeah, but the passes aren't. If you look at the passes, like, targets only mean so much. If you're watching, like, Eli's missing receivers by, like, a yard. Like, there's, there's been plenty of – Will Ty. Will Ty. Yeah, Will Ty, perfect <laughs> example, you know. Like, even garbage humans he's missing by, by – <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at Shepard and Cruz. There was, like, five passes I could remember that they were on out routes where he threw it, like, a half a second too late, and it was behind them, and that should have been an easy completion. I just don't want to be late to the dance on OBJ. Right. You know, like, it's going to happen. It's just – and, I mean, I think that most of us – I thought it was going to happen against GB. You know, they had just gotten creamed, you know, by Marvin Jones and uh, Stefan Diggs in the previous two games. They were missing both of their starting corners. I mean, Demarius yeah. Randall even. Yeah, I mean, it looked, looked like, you know, looked like a potential shootout. I mean, I the matchup looks good again this week. Like, the Ravens stamp out the run. They're number one football outsiders run defense through VOA. Uh, Jimmy Smith has been pretty good, although he gave up a touchdown to Pierre Garçon last week. Pierre Garçon never scores touchdowns. Um, and he also got beaten by Deshaun for a, like a 30-yard gain. And then uh, their their left corner has just been atrocious, Sharice uh, Wright. Sharice Wright is just a yeah. fucking train wreck. And, yeah, and then, and then he like woke up on Sunday with phantom back spasms, so they ran out uh, fourth-round rookie Tavon Young. And, I mean, Deshaun just – Blew right by him for a eight potential eighty yard touchdown, but fucking Cousins overthrew him. And you had the so, win factor in that game too. He probably yes. would have got beat for him without it. Yes, yes. Um, so, you know, I like I I want I want to sell myself on Odell Beckham this week. Yeah, I mean, listen, everyone did it last week. I even me, right. you know. So it's the perfect play, Evan. I mean, you're probably looking at eight percent this week. I think everyone, you know, ninety percent of people have just fucking given up and are saying, you know what, I'm just gonna wait. <laughs> Until it happens. Jeff, any final thoughts on this? Um, you know, looking at the price difference on Fandle compared to DraftKings, certainly it's a Fandle question, right? Because on yeah. DraftKings, I'm certainly taking the $3,200 difference and going to Sterling Shepard if I want exposure to that matchup against the Baltimore secondary, and he's still going to be loaned as well. So, like, for me, it's not even a question on DraftKings, but you're right, Evan, on Fandle, like – the, the pricing between the two receivers is a lot closer and the ownership still going to be low. So I'd be willing to take a chance. I'm not certainly not a situation where it's like, let me go all in on Odell Beckham. And in terms of his long-term prospects, I'm probably lower on him than most people. Like I'm not sure he's a perennial pro bowler, you know, like he could be like a borderline pro bowler. Um, but aside from that, yeah, that's, that's where I stand on him. Yeah, I was off him coming into the year. Me and Jeff Manns took a lot of shit last year 
saying that he's not as good as everyone says and you know, his numbers are a little bit fluky. He's a little inconsistent, relied too much on the big play. You know, I, I actually – I had the fourth pick in one of my drafts and passed on Odell Beckham, uh, and everyone thought I was insane. So, I haven't been a huge fan to begin with, but I think he's better than what he's playing like right now. Uh, let's ask two more questions. First one is, last call, what's your go-to drink? This is from at Jeff underscore man. This is Jeff Mann's parody account. Uh, last call, go-to drink, Collins. I usually have to, especially when Tommy's in town, I have to go with the vodka Red Bull just so I can stay awake and keep him out of trouble. That's right, baby. Liquid drugs. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sol? Uh Just do like makers and water, usually. Nice. That's a man's drink. That's good. That's good. I like that. That's definitely Tommy G approved right there. Uh, I go with whatever the drunkest girl in the bar is drinking just to – try and throw the nail in the coffin there. So I'll drink a, I'll drink a green tea if I have to, just to, just to get, her on the stage, get her to do another one. <laughs> so let's go to the last question here. Uh, this one's a little bit interesting. I haven't really thought about this much, but overlook factors in being successful at DFS. What separates the best from the worst outside of bankroll management? This is from Mike, M-I-C-L-4. Um, either one of you guys want to start with this? I know one thing off the top I can think of outside of bankroll management. I'll go. Um, so a big thing for me, once I officially quit my job and decided to become a pro DFS player that, uh, I realized quickly is that you need to keep your process the same. Like you need to have the same routine day in, day out. Um, and you can't really ever have a day where you're coasting. Like if this is something you're taking seriously, do what you feel like is the best process every time. Don't ever slip up on, uh, a detail and always be trying to improve. That's one thing that once you've been playing DFS for a while, you start to become comfortable in things and just forget to uh, always be looking to improve. Like you, you get too confident and think, well, I'm the guy that knows everything about NBA now, so I don't need to keep learning. You know, like everyone's asking me the questions when in reality you need to keep continuing to find more edges because your competition is getting good along with you and they're catching up to you. So if you're not improving, then you're just losing your edge. And I think that's one of the things that makes, I mean, Jeff, me and you combined have been to like 40 live finals or whatever the number is. Right. And I think that's one of the things that make winning a live final so tough is that we're all so out of our process element. You know, we're hungover, we're out drinking the night before you're not in your own house. You don't have your own routine and everyone complains about it. You know, the next day, it's like, it's hard to really have that process. I think that's very important and very overlooked, having a consistent process. And, you know, especially if you're working a full-time job, it makes it tough getting out of work different times every day, have a different schedule. Uh, what about you, Evan? What advice would you give to someone who's trying to get more consistent? I mean, I don't, you know, I don't consider myself like a great DFS player. Um, I'm always trying to get better. Um, and I mean, I've had some big wins and over the course of time, I've been really profitable, but I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to pretend that I'm like, like you guys, you know? Um, but I, I would say that the advice of just always trying to get better uh, is really strong. I mean, I'm always trying to get better. One thing that I struggled with when I first uh, started playing daily fantasy and like um, I think it was like the start of the 2014 season was like so I, like I will develop like biases about players you know I will um, come up with and I like I'll watch them play in college and I'll be like man you know he, like he, he's gonna be a stud 
yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll be a stud or, or like I didn't like him. So then I would, you know, I would refuse to play him. Like last year, a good example of this would be uh, uh, Jeremy Langford. Um, I, I really just – I didn't think he was very good. And, I mean, I think over the time – over the course of time, we've kind of seen that that's true. But that, you know, that like prevented me from playing him a in, lot. In good spots, yeah. In, in perfect spots at like – great salary you know um so so that's one thing that you got to kind of cast aside are your 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 biases derived from uh, player evaluation or just your your, just just try to like i try to be aware of my own biases and like talk about okay yeah yeah yeah, instead of like you know just I don't know. I just try to be like, try to acknowledge them, you know? And that's why it's good, I think. And it's something that I've been opposed to up until this year. And I've seen my results change drastically this year. Now, I I was always a lone wolf and I didn't want to talk to anyone. I wanted to do my own thing and be contrarian. And having a community and having a couple guys around you. I mean, we did it with Jeff on the show, right? When Jeff pointed out the Niners, the first thing you said was you have a Niner bias. You know, and kind of to bring those things. He knows. To yeah, he knows. And even though we know it, it still is natural to kind of go in that direction and sell ourselves on it. So it takes, you know, Evan jumping in and saying, hey, remember, you're a fucking idiot and you think the Niners are good. You know, just, <laughs> did he say that? Yeah, in my mind, he did. He might have said different words, but <laughs> that's what I heard. But, I mean, a couple more things here, just when we talk about getting better, a couple tips I would say. One, I, I know we don't do this. And a lot of people don't practice this. I think as a GPP player, it's important to play the same contest at the same size every week. And the way I always say it is like for me personally, not to throw out big numbers, it's just the size that, that we play. Um, I play the $1,500 entry every week with two entries. That's, you know, so that's 3,000. I'm not, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> and, and I play 15,000 other than value and volume. But uh, <laughs> so I play that every week. So I do the math on it. That's $3,000 in entries times 17 weeks. That means I'm going to spend $51,000 on that tournament every week throughout the whole year. And if you have a smaller bankroll, maybe you play $3 and you're spending $51. But when you look at it from a GPP perspective like that, the big thing for me is like two weeks ago, I hit it for, I think 20, right? So that means I only got $31,000 left to chew off before I'm in the black. So I'm not looking at it as I need to win this tournament. I'm looking at it as I got to eat this 51K up and then I'm in the black. The problem with a lot of people is they have a big hit and then they'll go play from the $3 to a $20 tournament and then they have one loss and it chews away four good weeks of wins. So I think it's kind of the blackjack philosophy. Don't keep upping your bet as you're getting hotter. Bank your money. You know, if you have a big week, bank it, scale up a tiny bit. Another big thing to do here is to go back and look at your results individually of like we just did on the show, like were we right in our process? Were we wrong in our process? Talk to other people, you know, did you just make a bad player? Is it a bad process that you need to change? The biggest thing I would tell for new people is find the players that you respect the most, find the players that you think are very good. DraftKings especially has a live games button on it there where you can go click on live games, click on NFL, and you can go to the $5,300 Thunderdome and see what Ray of Hope's playing. See what we're playing in these tournaments and study the lineups. I used to print them out. There was a, I forget who it was. I forget his name. Trent Steele. It was way back five years ago, but he was killing baseball. And I was like, I want to be this guy. So every day I went and took, I entered a tournament with Trent Steele and I printed out his lineup and I studied it and I started to understand. And it got to a point where after two months, I was able to tell who he was going to be on in baseball before I even saw his lineup. So 
I think just going back and doing a lot of history on those things is very important. But uh, we're a little bit over time here. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to add in, whether it's about a player, strategy, anything, you want to tell me to go fuck myself, uh, Kevin, yes. uh, Jeff? That is what I would like to tell you to do, but I won't. <laughs> what I figured, dude. Um, no, good show, guys. Really stoked. This was actually the first show I've done with Evan Silva. Like he said, we met about a year ago and have stayed in contact since. I think he's pretty much the sharpest guy. I would put him and Adam Levitan and uh, Greg Cosell is like. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's the NFL minds out there. So really stoked to have done a show with you, Evan. Yeah. Hey, likewise, guys. Um, you know, I, I've listened to um, Tommy G on podcasts. You know, I watch your show on on Fridays. Um, you know, with with Adam and uh, Jam to Win, and uh, you know, I, I'm always trying to learn from you guys too. Yeah, this was this was awesome, man. I was, I mean, like I said, we've met. You know, none of us got to spend too much time with Evan when we met, but. Obviously, we've had a lot of communication, DMs, text messages, stuff like that. But uh, Evan, you, I actually asked you about four hours ago to come on too. So that was pretty badass of you to do it, you know, on that short notice. No we doubt, were, no doubt. We really it was a good opportunity. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to pass on that opportunity. No, dude, it's an opportunity for us, man. Especially, you know, just just getting someone like you on. We really appreciate it. Hopefully, we could do it more often. Um, you know, and do it again throughout the year. So. Any of you guys listening right now, as we said earlier, listen to Fantasy Guru Elite free week sick podcast. We have our another podcast coming out. Uh, Jeff, we'll be recording at what, Friday night, like three in the morning? Drunk. Works for me, I guess. Yep. Yeah. So we'll be recording at drunk Friday night. Uh, Kevin Adams will be back, Magic Sports Guys. So we'll do the three of us there. Uh, like I said, if you guys aren't signed up over at fantasyguruelite.com, I don't know what the fuck you're waiting for. Get over there. Optimizer smashing. We'll answer the optimizer questions on Saturday. Didn't want to waste Evan's time talking too much about products and stuff like that. We had, you know, the God on with us. So. That's pretty much it, boys. Thank you to Jeff Collins, at Jeff K. Collins. Thank you to Evan Silva, at Evan Silva. And I'm Tommy G, at Tommy G. Good luck and stay cashing, fuckers.